Welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. We're going to be talking about Dead Space Remake, World Box Simulator, and Deep, Bo- Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. But first, my name is Christian. And I'm Bobby. And I'm Nick. And I want you to do a big favor for me. I need you to go to Spotify and check out DL Gaming colon a PC Gamecast. The artist's name is Digital Logic with a K. And uh, there's a new feature in Spotify that we're going to be implementing where we can ask users questions and you guys can send us your feedback uh, through those questions. So please go ahead and give us a listen and we'll post the question for this week. Uh, if you have any suggestions for the question, uh, message us on our Discord. Thank you. Awesome. Wow, cool. That was a call to action and that's done great. As you guys know, if you're returning to the show, we, we ping things on the show now. We always have. And now we're doing it officially. Um, last week we figured out that the past tense of ping is pung and I think, <laughs> I think that was kind of fun. Uh, I'm going to ping this week. Uh, X Skyrim dev is commenting on slatters. So I always love when, uh, developers comment on games long past and kind of share the janky things be behind the game. So apparently in Skyrim, they couldn't get ladders to work. So they just took stairs and angled them so much that they became ladders uh they're not at a perfect up and down angle they're actually all slightly uh mountainous um and they called them slatters so that's fun uh i feel like another fun fact is in star wars knights of the old republic they couldn't make uh boxes that exploded uh targetable they couldn't make that a thing so they shrunk down a super tiny enemy that you couldn't see into the middle of the box, and that was actually the object, and the box around it was just a skin that was like any other box in the world. So, fun things that make game work, games work. Um, this ex-Skyrim dev is making his own game. His name is Nate Perkypile, and he's making the Axis Unseen, which is a hunting game where you track down these mythological creatures. Uh, you... He said it's more like uh, one of those real hunting games where you kill like bears and elephants and exotic game animals, except you're hunting like, you know, the icicle monster that can shoot you to death from a mile away. Boom, headshot. And you have to figure out how to bring him down. So that is what I'm (laughs) pinging this week, folks. What are you what are you guys pinging? What about you? Well, I am going to talk about a Deep Rock Galactic TV show. That is um, been hinted at. So this was posted by Zap in our Discord. I give him all credit for this. This is actually not as exciting as it sounds. It's an article on NME. I'm not familiar with that website. Um, but all it says is that the Deep Rock Galactic creator has been approached about a TV adaptation, which literally everybody who does anything has been approached about a TV show. It really doesn't mean much or carry much weight. Um, so I don't think we're anywhere near like this coming to fruition, but that is an interesting idea. Now, the person that commented on this was in fact, Soren Lundgaard, who we have interviewed twice, um, and, uh, had a a brief cameo in our Deep Rock video. (laughs) Yeah. He says, head on over uh, to YouTube, check that out. Head on to YouTube. He says, uh, what is he? He says rock and stone, but did you synthesize that Bobby or was that just what he sounded like when he recorded it? Um, I might've played with it a little bit. I probably had to crank it up a little bit, but yeah, 
He's uh he's in there. Okay. He does a decent <laughs> dwarf noise, so that's cool. Yeah. Bobby, what would the ideal yes. deep rock sorry to interrupt you. Do you have an ideal version of what the show might look like and how it would feature? Like featuring the gameplay loop seems kind of typical or kind of boring. <laughs> it's just a K drama <laughs> about dwarves. <laughs> And bugs. Yeah, I don't know how you would go about doing this. First of all, I would wonder if this would be animated or live action, but I would mm. lean towards animated. It seems like it'd be a lot easier. And do you think they, they could do like an adult cartoon kind of thing? Like, uh, I don't, I don't mean like Family Guy specifically, but like in that genre where it's like a cartoon towards adults and they make it a little bit more, I don't want to say edgy, but mm -hmm. they, they do an animated show and they make it really funny and shit like that. Well, based on the voice lines and the things the dwarves say in the game, then yeah, I'd, I'd say so. But yeah, I don't know. I don't have much of an opinion. I don't know if we'll ever see this. It's a nice idea. And I, I like the fact that they're branching out into different things. They've almost created an IP here with Deep Rock Galactic. I mean, it's been that successful. Um, we've got a question about, about this later on. So I, I'm going to save some of my comments until the end of the show when we answer listener questions. Okay, interesting. I think my two cents now is perfect opportunity to tell the story from the perspective of the bartender in like the mining lounge. And every episode is like a unique story on a new dwarf miner who doesn't come back because they face some sort of terrible accident down there. But you get like a little slice of life of how they, how they wound up there. It's like a red yeah. shirt from Star yeah. Trek in every episode. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they would have to explain Carl a little bit better too. I, and when we interviewed Soren, he said, I don't think we're ever going to fully explain Carl. He's going to remain a mystery. So I, I don't know if we'll get anything in that area. Cool. What are you pinging there, Nicholas? So this is my first ping that I will ever pung. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's been some interesting news that came out about a week ago. Uh, Microsoft is no longer implementing exclusives for Xbox and most, uh, windows PC titles. Uh, they're saying that they're going to do everything they can to port, uh, any exclusives to PS4 and switch. Obviously some games can't run on switch. I don't think you can run like gears of war five on switch. Who knows? I might be wrong. I'm dumb. I don't know. The switch fucking sch like schematics and stats. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting move. I think what it is is that they've seen that uh, creation of their own product or products doesn't sell because they haven't sold as many units as PlayStation. And when they do sell, they do it via um, Game Pass. So if people are going to buy Game Pass, you're probably going to be able to buy Game Pass on PlayStation as well and may just make more monthly money over actual flat sales, which is going to be kind of weird uh, in the future. You know, how, how are we going to take stats for... How many times, how long was this game played or how many people play this game? Is it just going to be downloads? And then we're going to have to run like a, an algorithm for how long someone played. And does that count as someone similar to buying a game? I don't know. Would that be the new measurement? So it's pretty interesting. It brings a lot of questions to the table. It does. We just had that heated, um, two strikes, right? The actor strike and the, uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about. What were the two strikes? The writers guild strike and the actor strike. Yeah, writers and actors uh, striking over AI and the streaming service model. So I don't know if that's going to change the video game industry in the same way, and we'll have to deal with the same repercussions. But not not to get too activist here, but 
as far as like the actor thing goes, is really interesting. And even the writers thing, because it's both of the same. It's like both both heads on the same set, same coin for the same problem. So to put it in perspective for people who had no idea what was going on, one of the main things that they were arguing about was that, and this is not on the AI side. The AI side is a whole another hornet's nest of problems. But what they were arguing, what they were requesting was that there's a lot of shows that get made. There's a lot of shows that um, film extra episodes, and those episodes never get um, never get shown on streaming platforms. They never get debuted. Uh, let's say you film a, a show, and there's 12 episodes in a season, and you film 16 or 17, or you're a writer and you write uh, 16 or 17 of those of those episodes. Um, what would happen is that you would only get paid for what was being streamed or what was being shown. So if you worked on those episodes that didn't show or weren't, weren't debuted, you weren't getting paid for them. And so people were doing years and years and hours and hours and hours of work and writing and stuff like that. They would record everything. They would get everything, turning everything in and they would not get paid unless that content was being shown. And a big problem about that is that you can write, all this stuff and you've already been accepted as an actor and you're still on the payroll. But if only one of your episodes or two of your episodes get shown, you don't get paid for all the work you've done. So that was a big deal about that. That happens in video games already all the time. <laughs> people have been working for like, I mean, I guess they do get paid because people are on salary, but as far as like bonuses, people work on a project that they hold dear to their hearts for three years and it gets canceled 95% completed, you know, like, yeah, but you don't get paid salary in that in that realm at all. Like you don't get paid any kind of salary for like writers and like or or actors that some do and some in some places that's why some places want to work for I mean some people want to work for certain studios because you are salaried. But there's like a there's like a minimum payment like request that they're doing for hours and amount of hours needed. So if you're going to hire a writer to be on 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 the team you're going to have to pay them at least a minimum of a certain amount of money. And they, and they ended up winning that battle. They ended up winning that, that fight. Nice. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know too much about the AI stuff besides, um, using pre-recorded voices to voice people, um, without their permission. That was like a big deal, but you have people like, for example, Bruce Willis, who's now mute because of the disease he has. Um, and he signed before he had all of his, issues with his health he signed away his rights to his voice so that any editing needs to be done for any of his previous movies or anything that wants to be used in the future for maybe like a call out for like a die hard uh you know they they can do that but um not every not every actor or actress or not every writer wants their stuff being cultivated by ai and used so why do i feel like they'll use bruce willis's voice for evil <laughs> i feel like he signed it in an effort <laughs> for good and they're only going to use it for evil but i don't know apparently there were per there are parameters for things that you can use and you can specify with like okay, you know, cool. i never want my i never want my audio to be used for like children's content or yeah, like yeah. i never want my audio to be used for a movie for a character that's going to die that portrays me and things like that so okay cool. apparently there is restrictions sweet but yeah okay bobby do you have any parting thoughts on this uh microsoft no exclusive news or about the actors or writers strike nope okay that's fun <laughs> what, about, what about you sniper you have anything about the exclusives no i don't think i have anything about the exclusives i feel like um they were already trending in this direction it seems like so just publicly announcing it as like a pillar of their company seems 
I don't know, par for the core. Like they've already kind of been doing this a bit with their latest releases, haven't they? I think what's interesting is that we might see the full on sharing of network for um, Xbox and PlayStation so that cross platform is going to be seen as like a standard for most multiplayer games, i.e. Call of Duty and things like that. Um, because I know for some it's not, but we probably will see that in the future. Cool. Okay. Moving on down to highlights. So these are games that we definitely have been playing. And Nick's going to start us off with something exciting from my childhood. <laughs> yeah, so Dead Space got a remake. It came out uh, a couple months ago, and I saw this game for <laughs> sale for $25 at Best Buy. And I was like, is this the remake or is this the old copy? So it turns out to be the remake. I used a coupon. I ended up getting it for $5. And I was like, all right, fuck it. You know, let's put a couple hours in this and see what it's like. So I ended up playing about four or five hours of it. And boy, howdy, have they made some changes. Um, I played Dead Space 1 a lot. Um, and the game's still scary as shit. I would arguably even say that it's even more scary because of the fidelity. Um, they changed the AI on how some of the um, the necromorphs work. It is awesome. Um, I will probably continue playing this. I only play with Leslie because she's like, if we're going to play a scary game, I want to watch. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, so... The game has been remade, like, the overall story is still the same. Um, the way that, like, the the systems work as far as, like, aiming and shooting are still the same. It's a third-person shooter. Um, but it is a completely remade game as far as graphics go. Um, there were things that were removed that a lot of people hated. And they decided to remove because it was kind of just, like, extra bullshit in the game. For example, the turret sections where you would go into a turret on the uh, ship and then shoot meteors and stuff like that. They removed that completely, thank God. Uh, it's pointless. Um, things were optimized. Uh, the number one example is zero G controls, uh, which was a big deal because you would be flying as Isaac, and you would fly in like one direction, and it wouldn't feel realistic because Isaac has like boots and uh, shoulder-mounted like jetpacks, and you would just slam into a wall or you just do things that just really were like it didn't feel didn't feel satisfying or like you're. You're satisfying, and your inputs didn't really like matter too much. But it's been fixed. I got, I did two zero G sections or three. As far as new things that they added, if you're a big fan of Dead Space, I think you should really play this. I think if you've never played Dead Space before, you should play this. If you like scary games, overall, Dead Space is a great series. I would not be surprised if they remake Dead Space Two. I really hope they do because it's my favorite of the series. But as far as things that they've added to this game, there's now new side quests. There's new parts of the map that have been added. Uh, there's new dynamic events that involve um, enemies that are kind of like almost like cinematic events, I, I want to say. There's additional areas that have been added to the existing map. Um, there's new weapons and weapon upgrades um, that, have, that were not featured before. And oddly enough, there's an alternative ending that apparently lines up more with, um, with Dead Space 2. And spoiler alert, uh, Dead Space 2 kind of has a big, a big, uh, a big change in starting tone. Um, in Dead Space 1, you're a engineer that goes to a ship that has been, uh, uh, how do I say this, like disabled and your, your girlfriend or your boo thing is on the ship as well. So you kind of have another story of <laughs> another thing to look for on the ship. Uh, but you go in there and there's horrors beyond 
<laughs> comprehension on the ship and you have to figure out how to fucking leave. The second game opens up with you in a straitjacket captured in a space station. And so it's like, how the fuck did that happen? There were some comics explaining it, but not, not many people read the comics and things like that. But apparently the alternate ending kind of explains what happens to Isaac and how it kind of connects it to uh, Dead Space 2. Bobby, does the- Well, I should say keep- there's also a movie yeah, that right. explains yeah. the connection, <laughs> which uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, I have a video game movie review on Dead Space Aftermath. Um. The big change between the two also is Isaac doesn't talk in the first one at all. And in the second one, he won't shut up. Yeah, he well, in this one, he talks a lot as well. I mean, I wouldn't say a lot. He talks a good amount. Maybe oh, really? The perfect they added voice lines. Yeah. And so he's like, uh, a lady gets obliterated inside the ship and he's like, Janine, you're like, what the fuck? And, and I completely forgot that he doesn't talk in the first one. I don't know why I thought he did. But yeah, he completely... Has a voice and he uses it, and it adds I mean, a lot to the certain scenes, like especially when you see the first necromorphs, and you're like, "Holy shit!" And Isaac's like, "Is he alive?" It's like, dude, you just saw him literally get ripped in half in front of you. He's not alive. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, it, we went through this stupid phase with video games where a protagonist didn't talk, and people would say like, "Oh, well, it's the uh, it." The, the protagonist is the empty vessel that the player is projecting themselves onto. So they, he shouldn't talk. And they made some like stupid artistic. That's literally what I said last it. episode. Fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> we all thought it was like, I, I don't know. I, I think like back in the day, I was like, oh, yes, of course. Yes. Hmm, I see mm, it. Very yes, artistic. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm just like, that's stupid. They just didn't want to pay for a voice actor or it was like too difficult. Um, but thinking back on the first dead space, he really didn't have anyone to talk to. I think at some points he runs into some other people on the abandoned ship or communicates like with his old captain or something before they get annihilated. But it, like, there's a few moments, but for the most part, he's uh, that game. You are very much alone. So I can understand the they're not being in the beginning of the game. There's a lot of talk between his current crew and him. Cause they get kind of separated like they did in the original game as well. And so he does talk a lot during that before now remembering it, you'd be like, they'd be like, Hey Isaac, open the door. And you're just like, you just nod, <laughs> you mm-hmm. just go do it. But now he's like, I can't fucking open the door. It's electrocuted. I think silent <laughs> protagonists like need to come back in 2024 guys, this artistic direction. That was peak video game. Okay. <laughs> Oh, geez. We'll send you back to the early I mean, 2010s. it was so funny in the Half-Life games because a character would talk to you and you just like stand there and then they just start talking again. It was just like, it felt like a, a one-sided conversation or you didn't hear the other side of that conversation. It was so strange. Uh, anyway. Would you, would you pick it up, Bobby? The Dead Space remake? Probably. I So we tried to play Dead Space 3, didn't get too far in it. I, I wasn't too impressed by it. I really enjoyed the first one, and I thought the second one was okay. I thought it was pretty good. I think I beat the first one twice. I liked it so much. Wow. But it is a very scary game, and it's kind of difficult to play because of that. It's like Doom 3 all over again, man. Like that game, I keep going back to it, and I keep not finishing it just because it actually is pretty scary. <laughs> Um, for for and, those who don't, for those who don't know, the reason why Dead Space was so revolutionary for its time is that the main enemies you face are these things called necromorphs that are insanely crazy looking and things like that. But the main thing is that like they 
access the the planes of like where you are in, whether it be like in a cargo hold or whether you're in an elevator or things like that, they can access them from like multiple directions. And so the game would put you in instances where you could interact with different things at different times, or you can choose to not interact with things at all. And then certain necromorphs would come out of certain places and not many people's experiences would be the same. There would be set areas that you would do like a defense mission or like a defense timer. And that would be something that people would talk about together and be like, Hey, do you remember that area in the medical bay where they all start coming out to you? And you're like, yeah, but like there'd be times you're like, I went through this hallway and I stomped on this body and then a necromorph showed up behind me. And another person would be like, that didn't happen to me. Like what the fuck? And like they come out of different, they'd come out of different vents and they come out of different uh, like wall panels and things like that, and that really changes up the how the how the game works, or that's how it changed up the the atmosphere before. So it's really it's really revolutionary for its time. Before we move on, I want to go back briefly because the game is uh, seventy dollars Canadian, and the deluxe version is ninety dollars Canadian on Steam. And Nick said, "Sorry, am I following the chain of events right? You went physically to a store to a bargain bin." In that bargain bin, no, no, there was no. a I went, coupon. I went to Best Buy. <laughs> you went to Best Buy, and there was a coupon in a bin that let you purchase it digitally for $5? No. So what ended up happening is the game was on sale for $25. Okay. And so I was like, on oh, Steam? I have a coupon for $20. No, no, no. In Best Buy. Okay. For PS5. It was on sale for uh, Xbox as well. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to go to Best Buy. I have this $20 coupon. I'm just going to buy this game for $5. And uh, yeah, that's how it worked. It was uh, a dream. And I think I would probably not play this game unless it was like more than 50% off or 50% off in itself. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to look at the price history for it and see the lowest it's ever reached. Okay. Well, it is part of the EA Play subscription. So $5 dude, a get month. Get the fuck out of here with you that, dude. <laughs> Ain't nobody want that bullshit. Well, it looks like you can buy that straight from Steam. So you still could play it on Steam, but you'd be paying $5 a what month. What happened to you? Have they reached out to you? Do they have their tentacle? What dirt do they have on you that you are repping them? I'm just reading the <laughs> Steam page, dude. <laughs> you mean like the literal forces of Mordor of gaming, a.k.a. fucking EA? <laughs> yeah. Right now you can get... Right now, you can get a CD key for Steam. Uh, I'm not going to say where, but you can get it for $27. So, yeah, check that out. Oh, that's not much better than paying EA. $80 is pretty steep. Not that it isn't worth it. Like, if they've added voice acting and they've added all this new content, like, it is probably worth that amount. But it is pretty steep for for a little Canadian like me to justify, unless it's, like, my game of the month that I'm going to play through. So, yeah. It I, is, will, I will go ahead, Bobby. Oh, it says right now. I'm looking at the Steam page. It says it's currently 19.99 at GOG, which okay, cool. It's a good there place go. to buy games. That is a good yeah. place to buy games. Yeah, I I will definitely say if you've never played Dead Space or you're a big fan of Dead Space, definitely play the remake. It is 100 worth the money. Um, I'm having a great time. I'm probably going to play on Wednesday or Thursday with my wife and probably play another four hours. So nice. I'll come up with a update next week oh this is an aside i'm excited to hear the update as well but this is an aside did leslie ever film you playing that viking rock band vr game <laughs> did you no and we haven't actually been playing vr because it's it's final seasons for school so like we've been doing final projects and final oh, okay tests and stuff like that so we've been right. really busy but i'll probably we're, we're gonna have two weeks off soon and we're one week we're going to dallas and then one week we're gonna be have actually have off and so I'll have her film me doing doing that game. Yay! Um, we need we need a 
if you go to Patreon and you go to our Patreon and you sub for $5, I might do a shirtless version. So we'll see. I sh- wow. That is a deal, guys. Head over to patreon.com slash DLgaming. That is, uh, that's intense. Uh, okay. I'm going to talk about a game that was on my radar last week called World Box God Simulator. It inspired us to play Spore, and I've been playing the shit out of Spore. But that's next week. This week, we're going to talk about this game that inspired that. It's by a single dev called Maxim Karpenko, and it is $25 in early access, which I thought was a pretty good price for what you get, because uh, in this Petri dish fantasy civilization sim, you're spawning all these... uh, Okay, you spawn your map. You know, it's kind of like Civ, where it's like, do you want islands? Do you want Pangaea? Do you want continents? What size do you want those to be? And then there's a bunch of tiny options, and once you fiddle-fart around, it generates you a world just for you. Um, After you do that, your next move is to start filling out the wildlife. So I'm putting chickens, I'm putting squirrels, I'm making packs of wolves, I'm putting some bears on, like, near caves and stuff, you know. Basically, guys, I'm... (laughs) I'm, I'm God. (laughs) I'm God, and I'm living in my mind, you know. A lot of the fun of this game is... Uh, retreating back into your imagination and just making things make sense to you. Uh, Mechanically, there is some stuff going on here, but that happens when you spawn your first people. So you have orcs, dwarves, humans, and elves, you know, all the typical guys, and you put them on the field, and then you kind of watch them develop based on where you've placed resources, animals, and terrain features. So... Uh, I thought it would be cool if in the bottom left of my map, it was like this desert region. I put this volcano and around this volcano, I put all these fire, uh, these evil kind of fire demons that spawn out of lava. And if they touch lava, they duplicate. So they're kind of in the zone where they're slowly multiplying in the corner. And I thought that would be a cool boss for like my people to go tackle. Um, what ended up happening, happening was my orcs who were closest to this group. Uh, fought with them enough that they became immune to fire. Then, once they were immune to fire, the fire monsters kind of went through the orc lands and didn't really affect any of the buildings. They were kind of living harmoniously after years of conflict. And the orcs used that to have a great defense because all the other three nations, the elves and the humans and the dwarves, banded together to try to kill the orcs. And I was watching them send wave after wave at the orcs, and they were just perishing to these fire demons that were protecting them. And, you know, that was only one of the cool kind of things that happened. You can spawn so many different things on this map. Uh, You know, all, all the typical ones, dark wizards, light wizards, druids, Uh, Plague doctors, zombies, skeletons, necromancers, uh, all sorts of wildlife and uh, all sorts of resources. And you kind of just watch, you know, it's it's kind of like an idle game, but I didn't find myself bored. I was clicking through random people. I was clicking through factions to seeing what their decisions are doing. Um, There's like plots where one family will try to overthrow another family and the you know, there's races, but it starts in a closer knit political organization. There's clans. So a bunch of clans make up a faction and a bunch of factions make up an alliance. So if parts of the orcs were unhappy with like this fire, or if parts of the orcs didn't become immune to fire, there's a potential for like a civil war to happen because half of the people in this nation have a trait that the other half don't. Does that does that make any sense? 
No, it makes a lot of sense. I wonder if this game would grow even crazier if there was modding support, kind of like uh, tabs. Oh, totally. But yes, um, it's in early access right now. The next thing they're adding is families. So uh, that will be below clans. So you'll have families, clans, factions, alliances. And I feel like after that, the political um, separation will be finished and then they can maybe start tackling stuff like, yeah, modding support, different races entirely um orcs still hate elves i don't know and all my games orcs and elves just started attacking each other i was like guys can you can you get along and there must be some sort of um predisposition they have to finding each other on the map and and killing each other uh i started on a small map and that felt a little too intimate so i went to the largest map and it is so big (laughs) i thought my computer was going to like I don't know, have like a meltdown, but everything ran pretty good. I I think I had like 12 uh, alliances going on, the biggest political organization. And that was a little too much to keep track of. So, you know, World Box God Simulator reminds me a lot of uh, black and white, except uh, there's a little less of you fiddle farting and a little more of you just sitting back and watching these civilizations take off from the circumstances you set them in. So I can recommend this game. I love it, uh, but I will say I do not love it as much as Spore because I have been having a lot of fun there. So, yeah. Any questions about World Box God Simulator? Bobby, Nick, any factions, any situations you want to you wanna guesstimate on? I think my only thing is that I would li- like... I, I like fantasy stuff. Obviously, I play. I play. War, I mean, um, I play D and D and a bunch of other shit. I really, really, really would like to see people's other other people's takes, like via modding for this game, because like any kind of like sandbox or like God Simulator, they get so wacky as soon as you're like, other people, please put your germs in this petri dish and see how <laughs> crazy it gets. Yeah. And so yeah, I w- I would love to see that. Um, I mean, the game looks fun as shit already. Um, it's not my kind of, it's not my speed, even though I do play Civ and stuff like that, but it's not really my, uh, my cup of tea, but it looks cool. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've never really connected with God simulators. They don't seem all that interactive to me, but I don't know. I'll, I'll play, I'll play Spore this week and we'll see if my opinion changes on that. Okay. I've never played <laughs> Spore before, by the way. Oh, so this wow. is. Oh, wow. Really? You, oh, yeah. cool. So I played Sport and you didn't. It came out when I was in high school, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I missed that one somehow. Oh, no, Bobby. You're going to get a fresh take on it. Yeah, because I'm going to come in with like these rose-colored nostalgic glasses and you're going to be like, the UI is just dog shit. (laughs) No, dude, you know I love old games. but Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Comes back first thing he says, this UI is dog shit. (laughs) Mark it in the podcast. We'll see next week if that's true. Actually, uh... The UI for Spore was like really intuitive. Um, my whole Spore journey um, has been pretty much effortless in like how I understand how to play the game. And I immediately, you know, this was like a mass marketed game, right? It was it was marketed to like anyone who had a computer at the time, anyone who played The Sims up until anyone who played an RTS all could kind of play Spore. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Maxis was a good studio. So the expectations are pretty high. A few weeks ago, we took guesses on how much we thought Deep Rock Galactic Survivor was going to cost. 
and somebody guessed it on on the button, man. Um, so Nick, you guessed twenty four ninety nine, which seemed mm-hmm. pretty high. I guess yeah, nineteen ninety nine, which in retrospect that does seem pretty high. Emilio, he initially guessed fourteen ninety nine, but changed it to nine ninety nine, and that is how much it cost nine ninety nine on sale right now for ten percent off eight ninety nine. So I immediately picked it up when I saw that. I mean, nine bucks, of course. Um, I was surprised at the reviews this game was getting. They were good, but not that good. So they're around 83% with, I I don't know, three, 4,000 reviews on Steam right now. And I read through them just to see what people's problems were. and, And I understand them, but I don't personally agree with them. So they've done a really good job of making deep rock galactic but a vampire survivors type game like it really feels like there's a lot of things that are like deep deep rock galactic and i think if you go in expecting like another vampire survivors clone you're going to be a little taken aback you're going to be a little disappointed because it's just not quite as fast or quite as it doesn't have that urge to do one more round, one more round. It doesn't really have that pull. And it's very challenging and it's very spread out. You've got to grind a little bit. Like you did in Deep Rock Galactic, you had to grind to get those levels, to unlock those things, and each run's a little bit better. That's how this game is. I put 20 hours in this week, oh, wow. which is nice. unheard of. Yeah. Damn. I mean, I had a lot of time off this week. I did go to Vegas, but I still had quite a bit of time off. Um, but 20 hours is pretty much unheard of for me in gaming nowadays. So the fact that I spent this much time on it, I think says something. Um, I've learned a few things too, as I've, uh, as I've been playing it. I, I like the different classes that you play. Some of the reviews I read, they said like, there's not enough difference. I totally dif- disagree. There's wildly different play styles with these classes, the weapons that they get and the way you go about uh, completing the levels. Um, but again, it's all spread out and it's kind of slower. So I think in the 20 hours that I've played, I, I've got like a handful of like memorable runs where I just felt like I broke the game and just like totally dominated and had this crazy build where everything just came together. Um, I think that happens a lot more often in something like Soulstone Survivors or Vampire Survivor. But I, I don't know. It, it's good, man. Like I, 20 hours into the game and I'm like maybe halfway through it and I'm like running into a wall here. I'm having trouble progressing. There's a total of 45, I don't know, things you can unlock. Like each mission has like three things you, you need to unlock for them. So out of the 45, I've unlocked 25 of them. Um, and it is like, it's pretty hard for me to progress at this point. Like I've really got to... I got to get lucky and I got to play really well on a run to make something happen. But I'm really enjoying it. The only thing that I wish this game had is multiplayer. If this game was co-op, that'd be just game over. That man. would be, be too such much. an It'd homage so- to the original Deep Rock Galactic. That's kind <laughs> yeah, of a what? shame that it, that it isn't. Dang. Well, it made That's me think, so are there co-op vampire survivor yeah. games? There must be. There's so many of them now. Hmm. So many clones. But... It would have been great if this was. Um, I mean, yeah, the first Deep Rock is all about co-op. I mean, quintessential co-op right there. But uh, this game still is a lot of fun, single player. But um, yeah, co-op would have just taken it to the next level. Yeah. 
Dude, I saw on uh, Twitter our good friend Soren Lungard uh, uh, say that Deep Rock Galactic Survivor passed the concurrent all-time high player count of Deep Rock Galactic on release, and he seemed quite wow pleased about That's that. Cool. Uh, I didn't look at the Steam page when uh, I saw him him post that. And there's only 7,000 reviews of the game. So that's a lot of people playing the game and not reviewing. Remember, folks, if you don't leave a positive review, as Bobby says, the terrorists will. If you like a game, show support for your developer and po- post a positive review. Um, but yeah, br- breaking records already with the, uh, with the 899. So neat. I think a lot of that had to do with the price point, too. Like that just... Nine bucks? Are you kidding me? That's nothing, it, dude. It's totally worth it. And the game is in early access, too. It, they're taking feedback on Discord, and uh, there's been a lot of good suggestions in there. I'm sure they're going to tweak and make some changes. They've already made some changes from when I played it in the beta. Um, but, yeah, it's they're going to continue to improve on it, but it's like a solid game as is right now. Nice. That's kind of their thing, right? Re- release a solid game in early access and then just make it one of the funnest games of all time. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, can't wait, I can't wait to hear what it turns into over time. Because I, I, I realize that you'll probably jump back into it anytime they add something as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it'd be a fun game just to like pick up every now and then because you can get a run done pretty quick and it would be nice to... I, I want to get further in it. What's the, the other one that is coming out. I don't think they have a release date for it yet. It was Rogue, Deep Rock Galactic Rogue. Rogue Trader? Um, I'm conflating two games, actually. I have no idea what it's called. (laughs) And Rogue Trader's a Warhammer. Rogue Core, I think. Is that it? Oh, it is Rogue Core, yeah. Yeah. Rogue Core. All right. That's the one that's going to be a roguelike, but it's going to be another first-person shooter. Yeah, but this one's going to be co-op. Yeah, yeah, the Rogue Core will be co-op. I'm, I'm definitely anticipating that game. Can't wait for that to come out, but I think that one's still like, they haven't released any details on when it's going to be released. Yeah. Okay, so three games in the Deep Rock Galactic universe uh, will be treated to. We'll be so lucky to live mm-hmm. in this world, and I feel like that's good, a, a good breeding ground for this uh, TV show pitch. I don't know, you know, like... <laughs> We released three games. We have this community of people who love dwarves. Yeah, it it makes sense. I mean, they're getting that big that they could do something like that. Imagine like people who aren't familiar with Deep Rock Galactic turning on Netflix and being like, what is this? Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> or if it's terrible, they're like, I'm never touching this shit ever. Yeah, it's a brand <laughs> risk, maybe for sure. Okay, moving on to On the Radar. So this is games that we are really, truly, honestly excited to play. And Bobby is going to start us off uh, with Sheep. What's going on? Yeah, Sheepy, a short adventure, a really short adventure. This game is about an hour to two hours long. It is the developer's first game, and it looks really good. Like visually, it, it's pixel graphics, but the lighting is done very well. Um, I'm just, I'm really impressed by the way this looks. But what really put it on my radar was the reviews that it was getting. There was actually an article on IGN. Yeah, IGN. Um, talking about how well this game was being reviewed. Um, 
I think it's one of the highest reviewed or best rated games of 2024 on Steam. And for that's pretty impressive considering it's the developer's first game. Um, I, I read through the reviews and I had a really hard time understanding like what was so good about it. I, it seems like there's something very emotional about the story that people were connecting with, but also the mechanics seem very simple at first, but then build something interesting. And I'm, I'm really curious how they were able to do this in such a short game. Uh, well, what I think helps the really positive reviews too is the fact that this game is free. Because when a game's free, I think you give it a lot more credit. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if it's free, it's like you can't really critique it that much. <laughs> you would be it's a pretty free. big dick. You'd be like, uh, terrible <laughs> yeah. game. Do not even download for free. Like, it would have to be pretty bad to get that negative review. Yeah. So for free, an hour of my time, like I'll probably check this out this week just to see what all the the hubbub is about. So imagine how great it would feel, dude, if you released your first game and it was the highest reviewed game. Like, like, is there anything comparable? Like, you know, that would feel pretty awesome. It would give you confidence to release your next game. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is this developer has a YouTube channel with 12.8 million subscribers. So I feel like he's not going into this without a little bit of an audience. And I wonder what, uh, well, there is, is so in the article on IGN, yeah. the developer is Mr. Suicide sheep, which yes, there is a YouTube channel. I think the guy makes music or something, but that is not the developer. I, I don't know if they're associated somehow or why the developer says that but the the developer that they interviewed who actually worked on the game his name was thomas lean so i i'm not sure what the relationship is there between him and the youtube channel okay so it's not even his primary youtube channel okay interesting cool yeah but yeah that game is sheepy a short adventure check it out just came out about two weeks ago cool awesome i mean it seems super cute it does (laughs) Uh, I think my cat wants my attention. I don't know if all, everyone can hear this incessant whining. Yeah, that's Mr. Fatso. He's uh, attached to me at the hip. <laughs> Mr. Fatso. Yeah. That was my name in high school. You take him to the vet and like they're just like, uh, is Mr. Fatso here? <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's, a, there's an Instagram channel that's just devoted to uh, vets getting cats with extreme names and they're like, Mr. Bigglesworth, the 17th of Macaroni oh, no, Town. No, I hate when people go overboard like that. I'm just like, no. The, the on, best man. thing is when I go to the vet, I have to be like, uh, it's PH, not not F. It's fatso. Not, <laughs> oh my not God. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> You're the worst kind of person there is. Oh, you I'm are the problem. Uh, well, in a lot of ways, yes, but come on. This cute cat face. I mean, that's a Mr. PH fatso if I've ever seen one. Oh. Uh, okay, I'm going to talk about a game that's not about a cat. I'm going to talk about a game about things that cats hunt. It's called Wingspan. And this weekend, I went on a ski trip to the mountains. It's family day in Canada, which means days you... A day dedicated to spending with your family, which I decided to spend with my friends. Um, at this ski lodge, we played a board game called Wingspan, and... I don't know what to say. It's one of the best board games I've ever played. Had the pleasure of playing, and it's, dude, I've seen it before. Yeah, it's 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 been on like TikTok and like YouTube, and lots of people have been commenting on it, like just 
away from the niche board game group of group of people um because it's about collecting birds and birds. all the birds have different types of food that they eat and different habitats that they live on different amount of eggs that they lay and it's all kind of based on what the bird actually does in real life and basically you spend four rounds collecting the birds on your mat and making the best plays you can to collect the best birds use all their abilities properly and at the end of the at the end of the game you score your mat uh it was awesome to play in person but when i found that it was online like this is something i don't know a lot about but i need to start educating myself on is board game conversions to video games on steam um because Rian bought Wingspan the Steam game and it looks like identical to the board game. There's another game I play all the time too called Dune Imperium and it looks exactly the same on on the Steam version. And so I think every successful board game like going forward from now is getting a digital version on on Steam, you know. And it's a different type of game. It's not a video game, but it's a different type of game that is equally as as fun. And I want people to give these games a chance. So I'm putting Wingspan on my radar. Uh, I'm going to play it off Rianne's Steam uh, and I'll report back. So does cool, everybody man. need a copy of this game to play with each other? Uh, in person, uh, no. It's just kind of a standard board game, and the bird deck is... Um, it just comes with the board game. But on Steam, yes, everyone does need a copy on Steam. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so I'm going a complete opposite direction from the cute and wonderful to the horrific. Um, I discovered that after playing Hell Let Loose, there's a game that's currently competing with it. Uh, it's called Squad 44. Uh, funny enough, it's made by the people uh, that make Squad. Um, originally, the game was called Postscriptum. It was a, uh, a mod, and then it was separated into another game. It didn't do too well, um, so the company that makes Squad bought it. Uh, it's a World War II game. Um, it's set in 1944. The main thing it, that is possibly coming to the game is more factions than they have in Hell Let Loose. In Hell Let Loose, they have just Germans, Germans, Africa Corps, Russians, Americans, and British. That's it. And so, uh, these games are military sim lights, I want to say. Like, nobody's, like, super taking orders. Nobody's, like, zeroing their guns. Nobody's... It's a fucking video game. Like, you get shot, you respawn, you go back in. Um, it uses the same engine as Squad. It's just updated and a little bit more tweaked for the environment. Um... The game is constantly getting updated. Right now, it's $29.99, and it's not even on sale, which is cheaper than Hell Let Loose, which is $54.99. Um, from what I've heard online, from videos that I've watched, because I just fucking bought Hell Let Loose, put like eight hours into it, and then I get people messaging me, oh, you should check out Squad 44. It's got mixed reviews right now. Uh, overall, it's got positive reviews. And just anytime they make a change... It seems like they're going like two and a half steps forward and like two steps back, so they're just incrementally making better better changes. But people get mad anyways. Um, but everybody and their mom says that Hell Let Loose, like from the squad community and Hell Let Loose, that Squad Forty Four is a pretty solid game. 
if you like the mechanics of squad you like how fluid squad is uh that you'll like this version of the game it's it's set in world war ii so it's obviously way different than using modern day tanks and rocket launchers and stuff like that nick i don't know if you know but um postscriptum is one of my one of my most favored and, and treasured games i played postscriptum before i played uh squad it was kind of maybe the first hardcore military sim i um i, I tried to get my hands on and from what you're saying, it sounds like they have done away with a lot of the hardcore elements and made it a little bit more like Hell Let Loose, or? No, 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 no. So Hell Let Loose is also very hardcore. Like okay. You get 99% of the guns in that game are one-shot kills. Um, there are, like, aspects of the game where, like, you're bleeding and, like, you can build things. It's very much, it's still hardcore, but, like, for example, I actually had something wrong last time I talked about Hell Let Loose. I talked about how you had a wrench and when you play the second anti-tank person you don't you get something way crazier um it's a two-man position where you have to have someone follow you with supplies and you can set up an anti-tank gun like a cannon anywhere you want in the map as long as it meshes into the ground correctly um and so things like that are very popular in squad uh, especially when you play as like the insurgent forces and you can build things so it's still a realistic shooter it's not like it's not like, oh, you're getting shot 30 times in Call of Duty and you don't die. It's very much realistic. If you get killed, another thing is like, if you get killed by explosives, you can't be revived. If you get headshot, you can't get revived and things like that. So, yeah, it was, it it's a reimagining of Postscriptum that's using the squad engine that's apparently really, it's it's coming along. Um, apparently, apparently it's going to follow as well as in squad footsteps because it's in early access, but once it gets released, the price will increase. So I would say probably pick it up at twenty nine ninety nine instead of Squad's release price of uh thirty nine ninety nine. So nice. Yeah. If you had if you had to this, Nick, let me know. I would love to uh I'd love to play with you. We had fun playing Squad together, me, you and Amelia, way back in the day when I got the tank stuff. A and... lot of yelling and I was drunk too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um which is par for the course for that time. I think everybody was drunk. Yeah. Um but I would love to play this game as well. I just want to wait until it gets into a little bit more of a playable state. Apparently there's a problem with crashing and graphics and things like that. I love World War II shooters, um, especially when they're realistic. So, yeah, let, let, I mean, let's let's see what happens. I'll probably wait until I am, like, dry on games and then probably pick this up. Or dry on multiplayer games. Right now, I'm, I'm grinding through WoW and playing Dead Space whenever I can. That's like that. I'm trying to hit level 40. I'm a crack addict at this point. <laughs> Uh, and someone's gonna respond. You ever suck dick for a while? I'm like, no, no, no. Wow, yeah. I don't know if anyone was gonna bring. I wasn't, Bobby. Were you gonna bring that up? I was not. I was not gonna say that. <laughs> you never, you never heard that joke. It's like, don't ever compare anything to crack unless you're gonna suck dick for whatever. No, I've never. Whatever it is, I've, I haven't heard that. No, oh, it was just... a joke from that movie with Bob Saget as that cameo. What was the movie with Dave Chappelle? God, uh, the late '90s, Half Baked. Oh, half-baked, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he gets up at a meeting, um, like a substance abuse meeting, and talks about how he's addicted to weed, and then Bob Saget jumps up and says, that's not a real, you know, issue. I I smoke crack. You ever, you ever suck dick for weed or something like that? I'm explaining this, like, 25-year-old joke here, guys. It's not working. <laughs> I, it's still good. I like it. Uh, this is the first time I've it's heard of anything years, about apparently. this. Yeah, I don't know. We uh, you Have you ever watched Half-Baked? No, and don't get started on movies. It's one of the greatest stoner I, comedies I, of I don't, all time. I, I, honestly, there's a huge hole in my memory. There's, like, a vortex of movies I haven't watched, and 
you guys are just gonna have to work around me okay like it's just what it is uh okay if i could send you a fart through the internet i would <laughs> i think you can as punishment you should watch that movie uh guess that sound folks there's 70 dollars in the pot and Due to popular requests, due to knocks at the door, I have put all the failed guesses and all the hints in the Discord so you can use that to your advantage to try to guess. Uh, you can email pixelshitshow at gmail.com to guess. And what is the mystery sound, you might ask? It's right here. That's what people haven't been guessing for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And weeks. If you guess it, you get $70. If you're a patron, you get two guesses. This week, Zap sent in a guess. He says, It's a bullet ricochet from Source Mod Day of Defeat. And his second guess was, A bullet ricochet from Gary's Mod. Okay, looking on the faces here. Could be the moment of truth. What are we thinking, Bobby Nick? Was this, is this good? It does sound I, like something from It does from sound Day like a bullet ricochet, especially from Steam. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Well, I, I, I've said that I'm pretty sure it's something by Valve. And yeah, I've played a lot of Day of Defeat. And this sound sounds very, very familiar. Um, I don't know about Gary's Mod. It, it could very well be from that. I didn't really play much Gary's Mod, but, you know, that's all Valve stuff anyway. So, yeah, given that one of our hints was Mod, uh, I feel like that's a, that's a good guess. Okay. Well, guys, I think I'm feeling pretty good about it too, you know? Uh, two good guesses from Zap. In Discord, he said he was 99% sure. Maybe he said 95. He was in the 90s of confidence. And I'm confident too, you know? I, I'm pleased to announce that it's still wrong. It's do better. God damn you. <laughs> Come back next week. Come back next week and guess. I'll give you the hints uh, that we've gotten so far. Uh, first person, melee and mod and usually nick bobby and emilio they have a chance to help every episode to add a hint to the pile uh and i just didn't prepare one this episode there's no excuse i had a nap it's it's terrible should i give a hint anyways i don't i have the next one here i mean but. yeah i think i think I think because you got a nap, everybody else should get the nap size token of a, of a hint. Okay. Oh, a nap size token of a hint. I only have like epic ones left. Um, I, I, this next hint, I feel like is going to give it away because it could only be one. The next hint, folks, is Valve. That's the next hint. Valve. Okay. I feel like we already arrived at that conclusion. Yeah, I think, I think that was already established. <laughs> I don't think that was He's a like, game on Steam. Video game. Yeah, yeah. So it's Valve. So, you know, put that put that hint to work in your little minds. And next week, come back for $75 in the pot. You will be able to buy... What game did we talk about earlier? You will be able to buy the Dead Space, Dead Space remake and have $5 left over in Canadian money if you, if you win. Okay? Um, that's good. Uh, subs and donos. Uh, Amelia wasn't here, so this is awkward for me. I will read. King Tyron subscribed with Prime. Thank you, dude. They've subscribed for 16 months. Wow. What a commitment. They say you all sound good G's because they were listening to us doing sound check, audio, much better on the episode now. Still waiting for your feedback. Bring it in Discord if you have it. 
And we're on to listener questions. All right, we've got a few of them today. First one from Zap. What's your favorite VR game besides Half-Life Alex? I, I feel like it's too bad Amelia is not here because he's the one that plays the most VR games, although the Viking one sounds cool. Dude, that's my favorite VR game and I've never played it. <laughs> it just looks so cool. I'm I'm afraid to start it even though I own it and I own a VR. I just I'm just I don't know. Like because what it is is Leslie wants to play too, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about playing and then switching headsets. And it's like what's gonna determine switching headsets are you going to do all the puzzle parts and i'm going to do all the fighting like what's going to happen here so yeah I'm, I'm a little i'm a little hesitant on playing it hmm. but what's your favorite vr game nicholas uh ragnarok definitely 100 percent. Okay. it's so fun <laughs> God. especially now that you now i figured out how you can download new um songs new game like new songs and so yeah it's it's so fun uh, it's definitely a workout i wouldn't say it's better than beat saber but it's my favorite game hmm yeah, I haven't played enough VR games to answer this one. Sweet. Okay. What's the next question? <laughs> All right. Next question from Pyronical. Explain how your monikers came about. You want me to go first? Or who wants to go first? I already have my answer pretty much. No, after you. Yeah. Uh, so originally, my username used to be KillerFuzz0. Um, it turns out on a lot of platforms, when you make YouTube videos and other things, if you have the word killer in your name, it's not the best thing in the world. Um, so I decided to ditch that moniker after 14 years or 15 years of using it and switch to Ian Pilaf, which is short for Emperor Pilaf from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, he's one of the funniest characters, a little blue guy. Uh, he's got a funny voice and I just thought it was a cool, uh, cool name. Uh, sometimes I just, if that name's taken, oddly enough, it gets taken. I'll just take Pilaf. And if that doesn't happen, I'll just do like Ian Pilaf with like two Fs, but that's it. I think. That's going to be the Spotify episode question of the week. What is your favorite blue video game character or fantasy character? There's so many blue, blue people. We got Cortana. We have uh, Mr. The people from Avatar. The people from Avatar. We have uh, Dr. Manhattan. Just blue people in general are super overrepresented, I think, in in fantasy. Yeah, where are the where are the green people, man? Yeah. Oh, actually, no. There's a lot of orcs. Never mind. Give give us the maroon people. <laughs> uh, sniper. So, uh, where do I start? This is deep lore and history. Uh, well, actually, it doesn't have to be. So, I was sniper missile for a long time because I played this uh, Asian MMO where uh, the different classes were different things. So, there was a tank that was really good at siege. There was uh, uh, an airship that had uh, sniper missiles that went really far <coughs> and you had to aim them. So that's where sniper missile came from, uh, except I spelled missile wrong. And then I kind of wanted to switch things up. You also spelled sniper wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, <let's laughs> we're, that wrong. we're 0 for 2. <laughs> then I wanted to switch it up and uh, and work my real name, Christian, into it. So I switched the S. I, I pulled a pretty epic gamer move here, folks. I switched the S from Sniper, and I put the C. So I could be unique. C-N Sniper. Right? Following me, and... I don't know. I feel like a lot of people call you C-Niper. I've heard people while playing games with him going, Hey, C-Niper. <laughs> That's fine. 
<laughs> you're not going to play on words. That, that's fine. That's fine. It's uh, what does RuPaul say? I don't care what you call me as long as you call me. You know, as long as you're saying those words, I'm happy. Um, so, yeah, that's where that's where Sniper CN Iper come from. I've also heard C Nipper, which I think, you know, makes me sound like I'm on the high seas or something. Okay, <laughs> All right. I, I must have told the story of my name before. So Robert Digital, it's a play on Bobby Digital, which it's funny because every now and then someone will come up to me. I think Christian might have done this at one point. And it's like, did you know there's a rapper named Bobby Digital? <laughs> Yeah, I was quite aware of that. That's kind of where it all originated from. Uh, back when I was young, some of my friends and I, we'd, um, this is like early cell phone, maybe pre-cell phone days. We never knew where to like find anyone. So we'd drive around to these areas that people would always hang out. And then we'd hang out, people would be smoking weed, drinking, stuff like that. And we'd be listening to a lot of music, mostly rap music. And my name being Bobby, that was just like the natural, and being into like computers and stuff. Uh, that was kind of the natural nickname that came about. So what, the one thing that I do like about this is it's actually a nickname. I mean, not anybody, nobody calls me it anymore, but um, that was like a real nickname. I didn't really, it was bestowed upon me. I didn't really come up with it on my oh. own. Uh, Robert Digital just sounded more professional, but. Um, so was that your yeah. first gaming name? No, what's really funny is, so the first time I ever played a video game with Emilio and Chad, um, one of the original members of this podcast, was the first Borderlands. And I remember Chad commenting on how boring my name was because at that time it was just Bobby and a bunch of numbers. So yeah, I never really had a screen name uh, before then. But uh, yeah. That sounds like a Chad thing to do though, by yeah. the way. You're like, you're doing this like too cool for school. So I, I didn't, even, I didn't really give myself a screen name. You know, I don't really, I'm not and down with the dude, screen. To be name. honest, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I might be just dropping the digital and just be leaving it at Robert, at least in discord, because like, I'm in a lot of like other discords too, of, um, people that I know in real life or interact with in real life. And it's just kind of weird to be like, uh, my name is Robert digital. <laughs> Don't forget the digital. Don't forget the digital. Don't, Don't forget, forget it. <laughs> hey, yeah. Bobby, can you bring us that TPS report? I'm sorry, Robert digital. Uh, yeah. First and last name folks at work, please keep the, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's keep it professional here. Yeah. All right. Next question from Afro dragon. Have you guys played Helldivers two yet? If not, why the hell not? I like how it uh, says, why the hell not? Ooh, I get it, dude. Clever. I get it, working that in. Ah. Um, I haven't yeah, played it. I think, so was I correct last week? Does the game cost $40? Yes, it's $39.99. Okay. I'm not entirely sold at that price point. Plus, we got, dude, I've got Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. I've got Spore to play. Like, I've got real things to do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> real games to play, son. Yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Why does this game have mixed reviews? Uh, it's like so blown up and uh, so I'll fun. Tell you right, I'll, Allegedly. I'll tell you right now, it's the reason why I'm not playing it. Oh. Um, right now, they're having a server issue, which they had to explain in detail uh, last night on why they can't fix it. Um, apparently, they did not think the game was going to be this popular, and so the backend code cannot support uh, more servers being added. <laughs> And so it's one of the reasons why I won't play is because it is a very constant problem 
to buy this game, start it up, and then the servers are full. Like, literally full. Not down, full. And you either have to wait in queue or just be get lucky. And so there's a lot of people talking about that, and that's one of the reasons why it's getting mixed reviews. Uh, it's smart, creates scarcity, drives up the price, right? That's why they're charging oh, exactly. 40 bucks. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed the reviews were, were mixed and I was curious about that because I see so many people on my friends list playing it. Uh, I will probably check it out at some point because I did enjoy the first one for a little bit and I love co-op games and it sounds like it's pretty good. Uh, Afro Dragon also asks, what are your gamer tags again? Emilio, what happened to your junk room? Oh, Emilio's not here. All right, we're going to save that one for later. And we already answered the gamer tags one. Yeah. Um, and I like using like gamer tag. I feel like is the uh, the official way to say it now, not screen name or moniker or. Uh, I would say yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. Gamer tag seems to be what everyone's calling it these days. Um, okay, last question from Scram TX. With a new DRG game out and news of a possible show in the future, if you were one of the four dwarves, which would you be? So this leads me back to what I was alluding to at the beginning of the show when we were talking about the possible or the possibility of a, a Deep Rock Galactic TV show. They would, this would be a good opportunity to give the dwarves a, their own individual personalities because in the video game, there really isn't much of a difference between the different dwarves. They've got a few different voice lines based on like, you know, I'm the driller, so I'm going to make a drilling pun or something. But for the most part, they don't really differentiate between each other. It's not like the Ninja Turtles where it's like, all right, he's cool but rude. This guy's a party dude. You know, there's obvious differences in their personality. Um, a TV show could really bring that out. So when Scram TX is asking us here, which one will we be? I mean, personality-wise, I have no idea. But as far as their job role, I don't know. I've always enjoyed the scout. I'm 100% going to be Gunner. I, if I'm going to be put into the horrid abyss of the underground against giant bugs, please give me the biggest gun possible. <laughs> Fuck off with being anything else. I would like to be the driller because I feel like, you know, like on the side, I could make like pretty sick sandcastles and get distracted and like make drawings in the cave walls and, you know, generally be um, just kind of go somewhere else away from the group and do my own thing, you know? Hmm. Okay. I knew Emilio always liked being an engineer in games. He always liked the character with the turret. Um, but he played a lot of, a lot of driller when we played deep rock galactic. So he might, he might fight you for that position. Okay. We can both be driller dude in the, in the TV show. You know, there's lots of dwarf just, drillers out there. Okay. <laughs> Just two drillers, no NGs. <laughs> uh cool. What are we playing this week? And it's spore o'clock for me. The clock has struck spore. You know, I'm on phase three, uh, the tribal phase. So I'm starting to get the RTS and resource uh gathering components of the game. Uh the Previous two phases of the game were incredibly fun, but uh, they play super different. So uh, yeah, it's spore, spore to the end, spore to spore till I leave the planet. Uh, for me, it's yeah, gonna be, gonna be 
Oh, go ahead, Bobby. I had a huge lag spike. I'm so sorry. Everyone's face was frozen. Yeah, you were frozen there for a second. Um, I'm going to be playing Spore too. Got to check it out. Get see what see what the big deal is here. I have played Spore, so I will not be playing Spore again. But what I will be playing is more WoW, which is just as old as Spore. <laughs> uh, I'm even playing the old version of WoW. Um, but no, I'll be playing um, Dead Space. That'll be probably the game I talk about again uh, next week because I want to get further into it and just discover more of the differences. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that's a wrap, I guess. Uh, Bobby, do you want to sign us out? Oh, I don't do the sign outs. Oh, okay. Uh, Nick, do you want to... <laughs> sorry, this is awkward. Nick, do, would you uh, please, do you want to uh, yeah, sign us out? Speaking for Bobby, Sniper, and myself, um, Spore Boobies. Spore Boobies. Okay, bye. <laughs>